What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, happy Sunday. Isn't this weird? You're hearing me on a Sunday. For those of you who are listening to this the day it came out. Uh, yeah, so I've been sick, unfortunately. So not looking for a pity party, but that's why I missed my upload on Wednesday. I got the flu on Tuesday and it is still kind of whooping my butt. It definitely did for three days and uh, yeah. So anyway, I apologize for that, but you know, I came up to my little podcast studio at my house and I was like, I got to get this out for you guys. Uh, I recorded one on Monday and it was great. Uh, it's with a dog owner that basically has a dog that is is aggressive and, and will definitely just reach out and bite individuals. And so we're working on trying to find the variable and we kind of under, we, we discover some things under some variables, which is exciting. Just like, well, wait a minute. It's not actually this. It could be very well this. Uh, and, and, you know, the typical stuff, guys, in, in podcasts, like, oh, we worked with this trainer and stuff like that. It's just it's just the nature of the beast, right? So talk about experiences there. And and um, so anyway, I wanted to put this out for you guys, but this is a this is a good behavioral dive for sure and how I go through variables. And at the end of the podcast, of course, I'm going to be listening to three of your dog training questions as well. So make sure you listen to the end. If you want me to re- answer your questions as a viewer, I always do that as a listener. All you guys have to do is go over to the iTunes review chart, leave a a review and a question in your review. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, do us a solid favor and leave us a review anyway, because we put a lot of time and energy, even when sometimes I don't feel the best uh, to do it. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast and I'll talk to you at the end. Three or four things I want to go over, but really number one is my number one. Um, I have two labs. One's a chocolate and one is a silver the chocolate's three and a half male three and a half year old male and the silver's a four-year-old female both have been fixed okay bottom line is the male dog his name is oshi I'll, I'll just try to stick with male and female so it's easier the male has bitten three people in about a three-year period okay and we think it's because he's very protective of the female I can't figure out, you know, what to do for this problem. Now, I can tell you the last person that he bit was a friend of ours. The three of us, my wife and me and the female friend were coming in the house and they both are, are in the laundry room, you know, with a little gate on it. We were coming in and the friend walks past the, um, past both the dogs behind the gate. They don't say a word. My wife, by accident, opens the gate because we never let Oshi around anybody. Opens the gate. Oshi bites him, bites her twice. Once in the butt, once on the arm. Full fangs. No provoke, nothing. We just feel like he must think that this person is after Chelsea. That's example one. And stop me. I'll just keep going. You just stop me. Yeah. Example two. Go ahead. 
Uh, oh, no, I was just going to ask, was this friend of yours, was she in front of you guys or, were you, or is she behind you? Like, did she go in, in first? Did she go in first? She did. Okay. She did. She passed the, uh, she passed the dogs first. We, we were right behind, you know. Mm. Okay. All three in a very tight line. If we walk the dogs, Chelsea will be in front. Oh, she would be in back. Oh, she's very good walker. Stays right, right by my side. Um, I have a pack on him with some water bottles to make a job for him. You know, I also have a pressure collar on him, and I also have the little um, safety latch on the pressure collar. You know, in case it goes off. Mm-hmm. If Chelsea, if someone's coming at us, man, with dog, without dog, woman, it doesn't matter. Chelsea loves to go running up to that person. <clears throat> oh, she goes in full mode. Oh, she's fully focused on that interaction. And somebody is, is after the female Chelsea, you know, and they're just petting them, but Oh, she has, I have to go way around outside the street, holding Oh, making sure he is not going to go because he's done it before. And I've had to dive on him just to stop him from, you know, going after the dog or whatever he was going to do. That happens on a walk all the time. And I've obviously learned very quickly. If I see somebody, I leave the path and I go way around. So she can know in no trouble whatsoever. Now, are these dogs, are they off leash? No. Okay. No. So when Chelsea goes up to say, to do typical lab stuff, say hi to yes. everybody. That's when she's like, he gets upset and he wants to go and basically tear. Okay. Okay. Got yes. it. But they're on. And, and Chelsea's on one of those long leashes. Goes, zzz, all the way out, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. Got it. So, so Chelsea's still on the leash, but you know, kind of, the, yeah, the my flexing. wife lets her go. Yeah. I'll let yep. her go. And I, I, I keep, we, and we've come to agreement that she doesn't do that anymore. We both leave the path and we don't, we don't get into any sort of confrontation. Um, one thing that we talked to other people about, they said, well, oh, she probably runs the house. And we took inventory of what she does in the house and we agreed he's running the house. Things that we've stopped. I don't know if you care about this, but I can go through four quick things. Um, sure. we, we have a freezer, bottom drawer freezer. When you open it, he loves the ice. So his face would be right in the ice. Like, give me one, give me one, give me one. That's my ice. Stop that. You do not run the freezer. He would always stay in the laundry room where his bed is just all day. So we'd go in there and pet him and go, look, why don't you come on out? Ash, come on, have fun. We stopped that because we learned like that's his place. We've come to the king. We're petting the king in his place. So we now, stopped doing that. So go ahead. You say he's – is this all the time he's always in in that room? He never comes out? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. He used to. When we stopped all these things from him running the house, you know, he wants you to scratch him above his tail. He'll turn and bark at you and say, scratch me. Mm-hmm. You know, we stopped doing that, and he stops asking you. You know, he's really smart. Um, and we ignore him around the house until we need him to do something. Go outside, come with us, go for a walk, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this last one is the weirdest one. We're all sitting around, might be watching TV or working on our computers or something. And out of the blue, it's almost as if Chelsea said something, you know, like about, you know, Oshi's mother or something. He will go tearing after Chelsea, barking hysterically at her. And the trainer that I had told me to, when he does that, you grab him, you lay him down, and you lay on top of him until he releases. You know, he just like and relaxes and calms down. And that used to happen quite often. And now that I'm doing that, it has really gotten much better. Or she might do that once every two weeks or once a month or something like that, where he would do it all the time. Okay. And nobody said a word. He just all of a sudden flies off the handle. I don't know what that is. Okay. Um, so is this, I'm just trying, let me uh, recap. So Oshi basically seems like he's protecting his sister, Chelsea. And 
he also would randomly get up Terrace after her and bark at her and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then he also has a tendency to go into the laundry room or mudroom area and just kind of be by himself for the most of the day and not unless he, he wants attention and then he comes out and seeks it and then goes back. He doesn't go back anymore. Now, after we've stopped all these things, he doesn't stay in the laundry room nearly as much anymore. He still goes in there to sleep for a while, but he would stay in there all the time. And now he's coming out, sitting with us and, you know, having fun. He's, and also one last thing, I sent him away for a month to this trainer who Mm -hmm. sucked, but anyway, to try I told him that, you know, he had bit a couple of people. When people hear that, they think that he's an aggressive dog and all he does is bite people, which he doesn't. So he tried for a month to get Oshi to bite him uh, around friends, around his family, around, took him to Home Depot. He's all around a bunch of other dogs because he trains hunting dogs and stuff like that. Never got him to bite anybody, which kind of goes to my theory again. Chelsea wasn't there. Right. I think if Oshi, if Oshi's by himself, he's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it seems like anyway. Um, okay. And uh, can you give me context on the other bites? I know, I know the one was your friend. Are they basically all the same? Somebody comes in, he goes after him. Let's see. Um, one was out of this, of course, a long time ago, and we didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, my brother came over with his lab. It is a lab that failed out of, you know, uh, blind school or whatever, you know, to help people. And he's really calm, very nice lab. He was in the house. This was when Oshi was like one. And I knew Oshi was a little aggressive. And I came up to them slowly, having Oshi sit, just be nice, sit nice. And I didn't have the leash locked. And he went right to my brother and bit him. And I'm like, what the, you know, that was the first time anything's ever happened like that. I was just mortified. Sure. And uh, so we fixed that. And then, um, but, you know, he, he'd come back over and, oh, she was out. And he was fine with them for some reason. He was fine. And I'm thinking to myself, I shouldn't be doing that. And then a couple of days later, he was coming down the stairs. Oh, she jumped up three stairs to bite him on the arm again. Hmm. This was back when he was like one, one and a half. So at that point, you know, we realized you can't be around anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless. Okay. And he's good with you and your family? Always has been? He is. I'm nervous. I'll just be straight and honest with you. I mean, I went to my train and said, listen, I'm going to have to give Oshi up because these two can't be together. And, you know, it killed me and my wife. And we, we, he was like, don't do it. The dog is so smart. I know. You know, we can get through this. Um, um, I, figured I lost my train of thought. I said I have to give up. Oshi. Um, <laughs> but he's good. He's he's generally good. He hasn't had a problem with you or your. Do you feel? Do you ever feel nervous with him, or do you just kind of feel nervous? Never. With, okay, but with your family, Never. it's kind of you're still a little bit guarded. I I don't. The way that we do it is when friends come over that know Oshi or dog people. And they've been around Oshi. What we'll do is ask if it's okay. And they say, sure, that's fine. So we give Oshi and Chelsea a chewy that takes them, you know, 10 minutes to finish. Oshi comes out. He has his chewy. He's focused on that. And he realizes that, hey, look, there's a bunch of people around. And nobody's doing anything bad about anybody or anything. And then Oshi can be around everybody. No problem. He doesn't like immediately go jump on somebody, bite somebody. He's just a dog. He's just a normal dog. Right. Once he figures out nobody's after Chelsea, we're all just mingling. Hmm. And he's never bit anybody in that scenario. Right. It's okay. It's usually just context of Chelsea being right there and people coming in. And and a stranger coming in. I bet if you and I walked in this house and you were in front of me and I opened that thing, I don't know what he would do, but I bet he, he might try to bite you. Mm-hmm. because Chelsea's in the pen with him. Okay. I bet if Chelsea was outside and you came in, my guess is he wouldn't do anything. But I don't, I don't, I, I can't find any volunteers that would want to be bitten. Yeah. To be bitten. Yeah. You know? What did, um, I'm interested, 
what did your what did your past trainers uh, say? So you, you did a you did a four week board and train with somebody who did he the guy who tried to get him to bite him did he, did he do obedience and, and stuff or you know he uh, you know it, it felt like a bit of a shame i don't think he was as good as he thought he was oh she came back with some skills better better at sitting uh coming and stuff like that which okay. she's is pretty good at that was trained by my original trainer he was there when they were you know young pups Yep. And he'd take them and train them with the basics. And that's basically what he did. And then he was done after about whatever, six months or something like that. And it's like, okay, sounds good. I can take it from here. Um, and then but you... the guy that took him for a month, uh, I don't think it was that good. So you, but you had, a new, you had a new one, right, recently? or A new what? You had a new trainer? Did you have yeah, a... that one that Oh, that was that one? For a month. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, so and... – and, and I just want to say one other thing. Mm-hmm. The original trainer is still a friend, and he's the only person that my wife and I can leave the dogs with when we go somewhere. Because mm. he has a big pen outside. He's a trainer himself. He sure. understands Oshi. He trained Oshi. And he's never bitten them. He keeps Oshi and Chelsea inside his house for the week that we're gone. And he says he has no problem with these dogs. And it's around his kids, too. Hmm. Okay. So interesting. I think here's, here's what I'm thinking. First of all is, is, well, one thing I want to point out is it may not be, it may not be Chelsea. It could be you, right? Is that possible? You know, I thought about that the first time that Oshi bit my brother because I was trying to control him and even my vet said it might have been that and somebody else said it might have been trying to protect me because what? he is he is beside me when i sit if i sit on the couch he lays on me you know yeah you know. well i just was thinking like that's the that's the only other variable you know it, it, we can it's kind of like law and order episode right where it's like it's kind of looking like it's something and then you're like oh wait a minute it's this person so it's mm-hmm. almost like Every time, like when you're telling me when we go outside, he does all this stuff because <clears throat> Chelsea's there. But and then when somebody comes over, Chelsea's right there. And then when your brother came over, so on and so forth. But then when and I'm just a lot of this kind of strange, very out of character for the breed, <clears throat> out of character even for the dog. Right. Where it's like, oh, he's great, except yeah. when he's not. A lot of that stuff sometimes is it, you have to figure it out like a like an investigation, and so the only other variable that's really been very consistent has been just you around too. So mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't. It, it regardless it, to me, it doesn't. Um, it, it, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. That from a kind of a standby or person, I would just say that 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 also could be something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Have you talked to the first thing I want to talk about is genetics. So have you talked to the breeder at all? Are you in contact mm-hmm. with the breeder? Have they? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do they say? Oh, oh, they said the same thing about, oh, she's running the house. Okay. You know, she didn't say anything about the breeder. You know, one thing about Oshi, all of the dogs in the litter died except Oshi. Mm. Okay. And this is a breeder that breeds like, I don't know, I'll say professionally. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. We got both the dogs from her same father, different mothers. Okay. All right. So I would say if if it's if if we're ruling out genetics, which I'm not ruling out, I'm just saying sometimes when you get, a, especially a breed like this, and I do this all the time, these con- consultations, and we're very mm-hmm. rarely, and this is just. It can't be by luck, right? It's not like, oh, it's just random. It's like very rarely do I get labs. And so when you get a lab that is out of character like this, doing things that – and I, and I think it has to do with just their personalities. It has nothing to do with – I would just say that. I would just say it, it's, it's their personalities, right? So if a Rottweiler bit somebody coming in the house or a kind of Corso bit somebody coming in the house, I wouldn't be like, what? That's crazy, you know? But when you get a when you get a very off breed, not not traditionally a very protective uh, on forth you know breed, it's it's the first thing I I probably would look at is like mm, what's going on with the genetics you know. But I, I would also say that 
if you feel like if you feel like um, he's okay with people as long as he's got this onboard process that he has mm -hmm. where he's like I'm gonna go chew on this oh you're still here maybe you're not that bad mm -hmm. it, because you know the, the your friend coming in none of this is appropriate first of all so sometimes when I say your friend coming right. in and getting bit I'm not saying that that's appropriate that's very none of that is but yeah. it's not like okay it's better than like in my head I'm thinking about the dog's behavior and how predictable it is so when we talk about genetics and all these different like almost almost like neurotic retardation type almost where did it come from that literally makes no sense at all that that does not add up dogs land on the couch has laid on that couch for two years has never mm -hmm. cared about anybody all of a sudden bites somebody in the face that's where mm -hmm. you're like whoa those are red flags those are those are those are the types of situations where things again can get neur neur neurological and it's I don't want to say it's unfixable, but it's there's a screw loose, right? And those are those are difficult things to work with. But all the things that you've told me thus far is not leading me down that roadmap. It's almost like somebody walking in, regardless. I mean, you guys were close, but somebody walking in and whatever. I mean, that doesn't. That's not a big red flag of like, whoa, really? That doesn't make any sense. And again, it's not appropriate. I'm just saying there is some mm -hmm. sort of, I can come up with a solution of, or I could come up with some equation, I should say, of like dogs here, somebody comes in. Okay. That doesn't like blow my hat off. You know, it's like, uh, mm -hmm. okay. So there's that. Um, if you, if, if we get genetics out of the way and we don't really think it's that and the, the, some of the ways that I can tell to kind of dilute down and decipher if that's a factor is if it's consistent, if this kind of sounds an oxymoron, but if it's consistently inconsistent, where that means, yeah, he bit uh, our friend coming into the door late at night one time, and then we were all hanging out watching movies. He's been good with my brother all weekend. It was great. And then all of a sudden my brother said cowboys and he bit him in the leg. Those are, mm -hmm. those are the types of situations where you're like, okay, that's a different story. But if you feel like, because you were there, obviously, and you know these incidences, if you feel like they're more like, no, it's when it's more protective based, then you would want to restructure probably the way that the dog is being handled and the way that the dog is being treated. And so going back to what you were saying about him being in the throne. Mm-hmm if you will, in the laundry room or whatever, and you going mm -hmm. in and giving him attention and stuff like that. If you get a very opportunistic dog, they can become, you can kind of get this, um, I don't want to say deadly, but you get this like really toxic, I'm going to do what I want and I'm also going to protect everything. And it kind of, it's, mm -hmm. it's very like the character in a movie that's just a villain <laughs> where, it, so basically the dog says like, Hey, I, I'm running the show. And that's what I mean by getting away with everything. And then yeah. also if you come into my house and I feel threatened or I feel like I don't know you, or I just don't want you here. That's when the on forward onset, like, boom, I'm going to get after you. I'm going to tear you apart. I don't want you in here. And so there's kind of a three-way tie of why some of these things can happen. The first thing is, is the dog feeling like he can do that and he needs to do that? I don't know your dog well enough to tell you what that is. So sometimes if you get, if you let a dog get away with too much, again, but, but we're typically historically talking about innately protective breeds, dogs who in their DNA say like, I got to protect the house. And I would, and I, I think it would be fair to say that most dogs have that at a baseline because that's what dogs do. But there's some yeah. that is more spotlighted, right? The more protective breeds. Sure. So, the other side of that is, um, this it, it, it kind of comes with that and lends itself to that as insecurity. So if you again somebody comes into the house and they're like, "Hey, I run the show. I make the decisions when my, you know, I, I do what I mm -hmm. want, right?" And then. Mm -hmm. 
And then again, sometimes when somebody comes into the house, the dog's like, well, I've been in charge this whole time. I'll it's, it's a lot like human social groups, really. Sure. If you get that really confident person in a group of four, when somebody says, Hey, who's ordering the cab or there's, there's just, sometimes there's just that more assertive person and everyone's like, Oh yeah, we'll let Jim do it. Jim, Jim can do it. That's, that's what he does. He's a, he's one of those guys. Right. And, and that's, there's no good or bad. It's just some dogs are very similar and, and, and when they step up and they're, they assert themselves, they're like, I'll handle this. So it sometimes again can be because the lack of control, it kind of spirals out of control where if the dog is making decisions every day and we really don't have a say, then that can turn a dog that way sometimes where they're like, I got to handle this because I know mom and dad are on it or whatever. And then the other thing is, is just, I, I think that there's, there's could be this very protective thing over the female, but because you're not seeing this at anybody else's house when you're not there or your trainer's house when you're not there, makes mm -hmm. me a little suspicious of that entirely. So it could mm -hmm. be, could be you, it could be the house, could be the property, could mm -hmm. be, could be a lot of different mm -hmm. things. But let's say if it's all of those things in a combination, which it certainly could be of just like, hey, I got to protect my things. So when you get, so let's put it this way, when you get a trainer, so here's the variable, right? Okay, we have this dog, Oshi, and we have Chelsea and Oshi typically and historically does not like new people, especially around Chelsea. And mm -hmm. we give him to our trainer and there's no issues, no problems, nobody in their mm -hmm. house we can't get this dog to be aggressive. We can't bring, we can't go to Home Depot. No, nobody, nobody can come up and get this dog aggressive. So that tells me one of two things or possibly both is the relationship with the trainer and this dog, because the trainer is probably very structured and disciplined mm -hmm. and like, Hey man, quit the shit, pay attention. Yeah. You got to do this. So, oh, she's like, all right, man, you got it. You're in charge. You tell me what you want me to do. So that takes that off the table, right? That takes that. Mm -hmm. I'll handle it off the table. The other thing is, again, is, is the protectiveness and, and the willingness to protect and the, in the feeling of maybe I need to protect and, and again, I think it's a combination of that and I'm going to get away with this because you're not going to do anything about it. And so, I mean, if you, again, you take this variable and this solution or this, this equation of when I have these two dogs, this is the behavior I get. When somebody else has these two dogs, they don't get any of that behavior. So mm -hmm. the good thing for your dog as a professional is to say like, we're, we're likely not dealing with a genetical default thing. Which is good because he doesn't do it all the time. It's yeah. not consistent, right? It's not like, mm -hmm. oh well, yeah, my trainer, like you told me, he he had him for four weeks. He couldn't get he couldn't get this dog to bite anybody. You know, as weird <laughs> as that sounds, but it's like okay. And then if you if if I said, hey man, I want if I gave you a thousand dollars right now, could you get him? Oh yeah, sure, just come over. So yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So then you transfer it to somebody else, and it doesn't exist. So that's the yeah, that's the in, that's the inconsistency from a behavioral standpoint to see if this dog is safe or to see what you should do from here. Those are the immediate things that I try to crack down on. Is if we're getting this weird out of character, out of breed character behavior, I'm like, okay, is this some sort of neurological, genetical, dangerous thing? And those are the conversations that we have past that. But because it's inconsistent, I, I, when you get a dog that is got a screw loose, if you will. I don't know how else to say it. Like they're just not mm -hmm. all there and they can make really rash decisions. They don't care where they're at. They're not like, oh, I'm here. I can't be crazy or I can't, right. I can't be neurotic. It's just, it's there. It, it doesn't matter. Thanks. So, yeah. so th those are things that I, I would start with, right? This is going to be a longer process for you guys, but these are things that you're going to have to start with is you're going to have to start with restructuring your relationship because it seems like things are starting to really point towards it's you or your property or whatever mm -hmm. only because it's not happening anywhere else. Or if I took him for four weeks, I'm like, dude, like you're training. I mean, we, we deal with this all the time and it, it is kind of frustrating for everybody that if you gave him to me and I'm like, dude, I can't, I couldn't get this dog to bite a bone if yeah. I wanted to, you know, and, and then that way you're like, I'm going to have to get rid of them or whatever. And I'm like, oh, man, it's crazy to sound to hear because yeah. this dog is, and that's where, that's where I'm like lending my training professionalism to like your other trainer being like, really? Like 
this song's great. Yeah. Typically yeah. those conversations, when they come up from a trainer, because we're looking at this dog like, man, you're amazing until you get into the wrong hands. That's yeah. what typically happens for us. And we see that all the time because we, we specialize in behavior. People's, people bring us dogs from all over the country that have all these problems and we don't, we never really see them. Very rarely do we see them. I would say okay. eight times out of their out of, environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're out of the yeah. hands of the person who made them like that or made them mm -hmm. feel like that, right? Mm -hmm. I would say eight times out of 10, when we get a behavioral dog that comes in for a certain behavior, we never see it. But the important thing is, is re we rewire the foundation and the thought process of how the dog perceives certain things. And then when they go home, if the owners do all the right things, things can get better. So to me, here's what I think it could be and what I know you need to start doing is if you get a dog that says like, hey man, I make the rules, I protect the house, I'm in charge. And it sounds like very like old school, like it, alpha BS. That's not it at all. It has nothing mm -hmm. to do with that. It's just when you get a dog that has no structure and no boundaries and no thresholds, meaning like, like it'd be like the equivalent to a kid waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning, I'm hungry, goes and grabs a thing of Skittles, turns on the, the TV, watches like, you know, South Park. And mm -hmm. you say, hey, man, what are you doing? You got Skittles. It's 3 a.m. You're watching South Park. You're five years old. We got to get back to bed. And the kid goes, you go back to bed, dad. And dad turns around and goes back to bed. So mm -hmm. then when you wake up in the morning, obviously there's all these consequences of these things. I mean, there's development and, you know, I don't have to explain. But then here's, but here's the problem. The problem is this. Not only as a parent myself, but obviously you having dogs and I having dogs and we live in a, 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 a world of society and we all have these constructs of, of how we all operate that the next time you say, hey, buddy, you know, time to do your homework because he's already told you what, how things are going to go, mm -hmm. it's going to bubble yeah. up everywhere and then, then you're in trouble. So – so, so there's no impulse, right? There's no control. There's no barrier. There's no thought process. It's just when I make a decision, it's mine. It's mine. It's like that little, it's like that really bratty girl from Willy Wonka. It's like, mm -hmm. I want this. Mm -hmm. I want this. I want this. I want this. Mm -hmm. And they get it. And so, and I'm saying this to you because sometimes I see this web that kind of creates with some of these, lack for better words, bratty dogs is they take this really opportunistic, bratty, is anybody going to do anything about it type behavior. And then when they get protective, it kind of turns nasty because everything compounds. I'm going to make this decision because no, nobody can stop me, right? Because I eat Skittles at 3 a.m. and I tell people what to do. And then also sometimes dogs will go, well, wait a minute. If I'm – running if i'm making the house rules then all of a sudden they kind of get anxiety where they're like oh man like if i'm in charge then who's going to protect all the who's going to protect dad who's going to protect you know the kit the cat who's going to protect mm -hmm. you know whatever and then all of a sudden somebody walks in and chelsea's laying there and oh she's like yeah get out of here man like this is you know so yeah. i just want to give you like a an observation of what I typically will see with dogs like this and the way to start working on it is to start working on your, your basics. So let me give you another example is I want to say that that kid waking up at three eating Skittles and then watching South Park at five years old is, is, is that example where what you would do differently is you would get up, say, Hey man, what are you doing? Go back to bed nah, dad, I'm watching South Park and eating Skittles is what I'd like to do. I'm, I'm not tired, actually. You would, you would say there, there would be consequences, right? There would be some sort of, there would be some sort of boundary setting at that time for you to say like, no, 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 this isn't happening. Give me those, turn this off, get your butt into bed, brush your teeth. And those are the types of accountability that would have to happen. And I'm just giving you like a, you know, a, a silly thing, but that's what I'm telling you right now that's what it's like. That's what happens. That's why day in and day out, I see dogs coming in with all of these out of outlandish behaviors because the owners are kind of like, 
look at the mess that I have. I'm like, look at the mess you created, right? So what you would do is you would take little you would take little wins with the dog. So you would put them back on a leash and I know you go walking, which is great, and you have the the collar and you're doing all that, which is wonderful. But what you want to start doing is you want to start testing him to 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 kind of reassure him that hey man, when I tell you to sit and stay and I open the door, you can't just bolt out or get up and walk away. I'm going to say, okay, now you can go. So you start kind of taking back the leadership role and you start taking back the wheel um, because then that'll lend itself to obedience and things like this. So let me paint you a picture just as a whole. So again, let's say you have the kid that doesn't listen when you say all these things and then somebody comes into the house and you see Oshi running and barking and you say, Oshi, knock it off. Well, this, that deep, like no serious, like, oh, I don't want you to bite my friend coming out of your face and your, in your voice inflection. When that hits your dog's drum eardrums and they see how, and hear how upset you are at that moment, they're going to think back or your whole relationship is going to be predicated off of, well, when you tell me to do something, how much do I care and how much consequences Mm -hmm. and accountability are going to be enforced after this? And that's, that's the reality of working with animals, right? Is you say, oh, she leave it. And they're like, whoop, and they kind of hunker down and they're, they're fearful, right? They're like, oh shit, I don't want to get in trouble. And Mm -hmm. we, we live in this world now with dogs that, especially when we're working with behavior, that if you don't have a little bit of fear of getting in trouble and the alternative is Mm -hmm. the dog disobeying, disobeying, when you have a dog that instinctually doesn't like other people because that's their breed or because that's just their personality, you're in deep shit. <laughs> because mm-hmm. when you say, hey, knock it off, they're like, you, you're not going to do shit about this. I'm hitting this guy. I'm biting this guy or this girl. So Yeah, but what's the penalty for that? What well, does listen, the dog understand as a penalty? Yeah, exactly. That's that's. I'm glad you're going there. So this is my point is you have to practice outside of the real game. So again, like – any other sport, right? We're going to practice and practice and practice and practice and practice. So your relationship is what's going to stop that dog from being like, Ooh, I don't want to get in trouble because you've practiced. So let me, let me get granule. So we put the prong collar on, we, we get, we get Oshi in a nice fitted prong collar and a leash. We're ready to go. The prong collar obviously distributes that pressure evenly, but it also gives you the ability to correct a dog that is, you know, a 70 to 80 pound muscular beast, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we say, Oshi sit, Let's say this. Okay. We, we let Chelsea outside, right? We are at the back door. We're at the slider, whatever. Chel- and, and, and let, let me just interject real quick. Sure. Oshi sits, uh, I was going to say, Oshi sits very well for me. When Oshi goes outside on the leash, you know, it's a, it's one of those long ones. Mm-hmm. He'll stop. He'll wait. He'll turn around. He'll come back to my side. You know, and also before he goes out, I tell them both to stay. I go outside the door. I look around and then I tell them release and then they come out. He does have some breeding, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. he does, he does things very well like that. Good. I would okay, start. Sorry. Yes, that's exactly what we're talking about. However, I will play devil's advocate here and let you know that sometimes when dogs get into this routine in this, what I call circus, um, and you, but then you take it a little step further and you challenge them outside of their norm that's where things start to slide off. So it's good that you have that. That's exactly what we're talking about. I'm really glad that you have that control. But what mm-hmm. I would what I would say to you is you have to take it up a notch. So mm-hmm. what you would do is you would say, okay, I need to, te- and I don't, when I say this, I need to teach Oshi that I'm in charge. When I say this, this isn't about big, bad alpha man <laughs> at all. This is just th- this dog just like children or students or employees, they have to understand that it's in their best interest to listen to me because I need mm-hmm. to be able to navigate them through life because I'm going to protect them and keep them safe. So, well, let, let, let me let yep. me jump in one more time to be a specific point is when Oshi's walking with me, I want him to heal. And I've seen your videos where, you know, a dog can't heal forever. I understand that. But he's not quote unquote behind me he's about middle of his body in front of my in front of my leg you you, you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i feel like he's still leading me mm-hmm. i need to get him 
to heal, to, to freaking heal. And that to me would be the next level. And I don't really know how, you know, I'll stop. He'll come to me. He'll sit right next to me and I'll go heal and we'll start again. And he'll slowly start to leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that part of changing the behaviors? Like I just need to stop him and I don't know, give him some consequence for not healing. Yes and no. So I, I just want to go back down to the granule stuff is you, yes, you can do that. Um, but, but I want to make it easier for you to apply is you, I want you to take anything that you're doing and, mm-hmm. and, and level up with it. Okay. So say you've been doing this thing since, since he's, you know, been six months or whatever. Oh, she sit, stay, mm-hmm. Chelsea shit, sit, sit, stay. Okay. Break. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now again, like what I want you to do is I want you because, okay. The, the challenges that you're going to come up against of somebody coming into your house mm-hmm. and your dog behaving or listening to you is going to be much different from you asking your dog to do something that they've done every day for a reward. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what mm-hmm. I want you to really grasp here is what I want you to start doing is I want you to start making it harder for Oshi. You have to match the stimulation and excitement of somebody coming into the house with your everyday obedience and training and, and testing. So that way, you know, like, Hey man, this, no, this dog will listen, listen. Right. So what you were just saying is he heals, but it's not, I mean, it's not really where you want it or whatever. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I I just Mm -hmm. want you to look, it's not the heel. It's not the sit. It's not the stay. It's not the place. It's not the down. It's not, it's not any of that stuff. It's all of that Mm -hmm. stuff combined. Just understanding that whatever envelope you decide to push and whatever boundary and limits you decide to push, you have to continue to get better because you have to rep, you have to recreate how much stimulation and really how hard is the test going to be? So if you ask yourself again to reiterate, we have him sitting with his sister, which he's done since day one on a stay, and then the break and the reward is him going out and sniffing that he's done every single day. And then what we're actually training him for is for somebody coming into the house unannounced. And those two things for the dog's point of view, one is extremely easy and the other one is extremely hard. And so they're not really going to help you. Right. It's like, oh, I'm playing. <laughs> oh, I want to be, uh, I want to go play against LeBron James. So first I'm going to start with the a, a 12 kids. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Those are two different things to get out of here with that. So mm-hmm. what I want you to start doing is start testing Oshi to be, to, to, to really test him because you have to recreate some of these stimulating situations. So my suggestion is kick it up a notch. You get Chelsea and Oshi to the same door that you guys go out every day. You keep Oshi on his equipment because he's going to probably fail, right? So you're going to sit, stay, and you say, okay, Chelsea, go on. And Oshi's going to be like, hey, 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 no, no, Oshi, sit, stay. And that's going to be challenging. And then what you'll do is you'll, and again, just try to think of this in your head. You walk up with both. They're like, yep, we know what we're going to do. We're going to sit. They're waiting for you to say, okay, release. You're going to say, Chelsea, Mm -hmm. okay, release. Oshi, come. And Oshi's going to, Oshi's going to follow Chelsea, likely. I mean, he's going to be right out the door. He's definitely, I can tell you this, he's definitely going to be confused. (laughs) He may look Mm -hmm. at you and be like, what? But this is my point. Chelsea's going to go out and he's going to be like, well, I'm going with her. And you say, you're going to say, oh, she come. And then if he doesn't, you're going to pop the collar and give him a correction for not coming. And that's where the rubber will meet the road for you guys is when he's like, no, dad, I go out with Chelsea. That's what I do. That's what I want to do. That's what we do. Yeah. And you say, no, you can't. So those are the types of things that I, and I can go on all day about the types of things that you can introduce to get better, but that's what I'm talking about. So it's the heel, same thing with the heel, right? It's the same exact application as if you want that heel tighter, you got to get around, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're going to have to tighten it up yourself and then you get around people and then you get another dogs and then maybe you have somebody in your family take Chelsea and then that's a bigger distraction. And so you have to start really challenging him to say, Hey man, I know what you want to do. I know you want to get up at 3am and eat Skittles and watch Cartoon Network. I know what you want to do, but you Mm -hmm. can't do that because you are not a human and I'm, I'm the adult and you have to listen. And again, when I say that some people, for whatever reason, it's not about it's, you do have to control this dog because ultimately if he keeps biting people, he's going to get put down and you're going to get sued or both. And you don't want any of that. Absolutely. That's why we don't let him around anybody. Yeah. So, so on top of that, okay. So now you kind of go in and you really push him. And this is, this is obedience. One levels, one, two, three, three is like, if you've watched my videos, you've seen Lakota, she's like a level three, right? She'll, 
listen, oh, yeah. she'll do whatever, right? Anything. <laughs> right, regardless of the circumstances. And I trained her for mm -hmm. that, right? But her breed also lends her to be good at that. So my mm -hmm. point is, is if she was, I, I say this all the time, but if she was a man eater and she was the most aggressive dog in the world, I could still bring her everywhere because she listens to me. That's right. it. You know, I could, if I, if she, if she hated people, right. Or if she hated men with beards and hats, I can go mm -hmm. to the Amish country right now and put her in a downstay. And just as long as nobody touched her, she'd be fine. So mm -hmm. just having that control is the next step. So you have yes. to, you have to really recalibrate things, right? So let's say this, here's what I would ask you is let's say you put a milk bone, whatever your bone is down, you put two of them down in your kitchen. You put one over here uh -huh. for Chelsea and you put one on the other side of the kitchen for Oshi or whatever context it is, wherever you put these bones. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're like, they're gangbusters. Chelsea's like scraping the floor to get to this thing. <laughs> and then Oshi's going, you say, Oshi, come. That's where I would want your obedience to be. And that's where it technically needs to be in order for you to, to help this become successful. Because sometimes we can't make sense of who our dog likes and who they don't like. And that's just mm -hmm. a reality that we live in because we don't like everybody and dogs don't like everybody. Uh, although it is nice when they do and it's very inconvenient when they don't, especially when you get a, a breed that historically should pretty much love everybody, you know, and it's, um, but the, the obedience and control you need to have is that because somebody walking into your door is that is equal or greater stimulation than that bone and you saying, Hey, come. So that's the type of control that you're going to need regardless of if if we turn around and we say, hey, man, the breeder calls and says, hey, man, you know what? I wasn't being upfront with you. Oh, she's whole litter actually was alive and, you know, they're all euthanized because of behavioral problems. It, and then you said, okay, you're obedient. So you're obedient. So in order to make this work, your, your control has to be on. So that's the type. You need to be able to take a big meaty bone, throw it down the hallway, let Oshi go get it, and then stop him halfway and call him back. That's the obedience that yeah. you need in order for the, order this to work. What were you going to say? Sorry. No, no, I said it. I, I got you. One one other thing that I think is odd, and I don't know if this is factors into the equation. I do a lot of stuff upstairs. You know, Oshi's always downstairs. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll come down the stairs, and Oshi will hear me come down the stairs, and he'll trot into his laundry room and i'll be like <laughs> he likes that why laundry. did you go yeah but 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 he was out on the couch the whole time i was upstairs and when i come downstairs he trots into the uh mm. trots into his room is um is almost the... like he's afraid of me or something yeah. or or i wasn't told to be out here i better go back in there i don't know what that means is there is the laundry room where everyone comes in to the garage it is in, yeah, you know, like you go through your little mud room and yeah, you yeah. have to pass the laundry room to come into the house. See, I wonder, and again, like. Or is he waiting for me to come by him because I have to walk past it in the laundry room? I well, don't know. I, you know, it almost, and again, I'm just kind of shooting the shit here. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's almost like he's got to guard the post. He's like, I got to go guard the post, dad. I got to protect the house. <laughs> You know, it almost seems like I got the front door, dad. You good? You know, it's like, I got yeah, your six. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's it's strange. And 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 like I said, I think, you know, be, uh, to be honest, there might be something going on, right? There might be like, okay, let's just kind of weirdo, you know, like, all right, whatever, man. And that's fine. And we get dogs in like that all the time. They're, they're just do weird, silly stuff. I don't think that's the reason why you're getting all these bites, but something's going on. And, and I think you should take note and really try to think creatively on like you should you should try to do your best to to be focused on those little notions sometimes if you come down the stairs and he's on the couch he gets up and goes into the laundry room there's a reason for mm -hmm. that i don't know yeah. again it could be i don't know it could be maybe because he's like i got to go get the front door if you're here i mean he might have different posts around his house to say like i don't know so my suggestion from here is to Rearra re rearrange your obedience and and again like <clears throat> i don't know what type of obedience you have i think you know obviously he's done training which is great but for me i would be i would i, I would make it my my purpose to, and i would tell you like hey your responsibility is to get that good of obedience to call him off of anything and then mm -hmm. and then i would be doing a lot of remote collar training with him 
to be able to one. okay good yeah i would i because the only thing in the world that that we have on this planet to work with dogs right now to hold a dog accountable if they're completely off leash is the remote collar which means if they're chasing yes. a deer across a busy road the only thing yes. that we have as a human being to stop that dog dead in their tracks before they end up into a truck's fender is the remote collar it also works really nicely for behavioral situations right so you have um, and it doesn't, it, it, and when I say behavioral situations, I'm not talking about aggressive dogs only. I'm just talking about dogs who like, you get a really excited, like I do this all the time with, um, people's goldens and doodles. And they're like, just, there's really exciting when people come over and I'm, we're just enforcing things off leash to keep the dog under control because this is a very stimulating, exciting times. And it's just, you have your cake and eat it too. So I, that's what I would be doing is I would be reformatting your relationship really with 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 a heavy influence on control and obedience and testing the waters and making sure the dog's super sharp and then i would also be enforcing these things via the remote collar to make sure that you know hey it's because again like i don't you know i don't know your house and how many people are in and out but um you know somebody comes over and you're not expecting things it's the same exact thing that we talked about with the kid with the with the sour patch kids in the in the mm-hmm. south park at 3 a.m mm-hmm. if there's accountability at that point in the dog's life at any point you correct the dog with the remote collar off leash because they didn't listen to you because they wanted to go after that bone when that person comes into the house and you turn around and go who the hell is that and you get up and you say oh she leave it boom and he stops dead in his tracks because he knows that you have that control right? Mm-hmm. Where right now, mm-hmm. and certainly before, he's running, barking at your friend in front of you. You say, oh, she knock it off. And he's like, don't tell me what to do, right? And he's just hitting that, yeah. he's biting that person, right? Because there's, that's the thing is like, you really do want a good amount, not a good amount, but you do want that good amount of balance in the dog's life to make sure that they understand that, hey man, it's, you're doing great. It's just like how I think how we would parents, how I'm going to parent, man. You do great. Good job. Be a good person. Uh, do good on your homework, study, be kind, like, you know, share, like all these things as, 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 as that we value as humans to create our kids to be good people. But, but then again, they go and they, they, they take a rock and smash it over some kid's head or they, you know, they do something bad. We're right there to say, Hey man, no, no, no. To make them fearful that if we try to correct them again in the future, there's like, oh, there's consequences for things. Okay, this is how we learn. And so right now, that's what you have to start implementing in with your, you know, with your dog. And I think that's what you should do is reformat your relationship and get creative on, you know, for an example, if you have place, then then amp it up. Send him to his place and do a downstay and start getting out all of his favorite stuff, loving up on Chelsea, all that stuff, and really – Really make sure that, hey, man, I know what you want, but what you want and what I want are two different things right now, and you have to listen unless there's consequences. And I've been working with dogs long enough to understand that, you know, consequences is is going to be the, the deciding factor because that's that there's a lot of compulsion involved there because compulsion by definition is telling a dog what they can't do, although they want to do it, right? It's holding them back from something they instinctually want to do. That's what compulsion, it's control. Right. But when you have that control, they're like, yeah, but I want to come up and kiss you too. And you're like, you got to stay. And the reason why we do that is that tough love approach where, you know, they see somebody out for a walk and they're like, I want to go bite that person. You're like, you can't, you got to stay. Right. So it plays into this whole thing. And that's what I think you should be really focusing on. All right, you guys have reached the end of the podcast, which means I'm going to be answering your dog training questions. So first one comes from Rex and Sato. Hey, Tom, um, full bucket bot, <laughs> five-star review. I have no idea what that means. Uh, just came across your videos and podcast. Um, it's helped us out tremendously. My question is, as I started a nine-week group obedience class with an 11-month-old rescue street dog. It's an hour-long class, and we're working on the place command, take center, working on place, taking center stage. All dogs must be in cots until we make them do a different drill. Rex, my dog, does a pretty good job listening and focusing on me for the first 30 minutes. And after that, everything goes out the window. He's completely overwhelmed by all the other dogs and people. He won't look at me and he won't eat treats. He won't go back on the cot or place or anything. He's just at the end of his leash, barking and screaming. The trainer keeps saying that we don't have high enough treat value, but we have used boiled chicken, bacon, etc. All of his favorites, bacon even, and he would not even sniff it. I feel like he's just maxed out. And after that, after much training and maybe 
would be better if we just took him out of the class at that boiling point. I guess I just don't know if it's beneficial to push him through. Um, it's a great question. Um, and my answer is, is you're right. You should listen to your gut on that. Like just, he, he has a threshold and you're finding his threshold. All dogs have different thresholds depending on their breed and age and all that stuff. So you're seeing that threshold very clearly. And so at that point, all you would do is tell your trainer like, Hey, we've had enough. We'll talk to you later. Uh, and, and that's totally fine to do. It's just, it's too much and it's not beneficial at that point. So pushing him past that point after he's like overly exhausted, you know, it's just the same thing with kids. I'm finding that out with banks. Like even though it's not his nap time, air quotes, uh, if he's just exhausted, nothing you can do. He's just screaming and crying and upset and frustrated and you put him down and he's just boom out. So yeah, sometimes you just have to say, Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's cut, let's cut the chase while we're ahead. So that's absolutely okay for you to do. Uh, and then hopefully your trainer doesn't, you know, give you too much flack for it. But if your dog is completely acting out of character and out of, out of behavior and won't accept any food, even though they just did, that just means that they're just at their point. So the other thing you can do is, you know, I, I don't know, it just depends on your training class, but you know, putting your dog into a crate or something like that. Um, but I think just at that 30 mark, just head on out. But thank you for listening. It's a good question. Next one, PB Rescue Mom. Love it. I wanted to say I enjoy your podcast. I recently adopted a rescue pit bull, Staffy Terrier. He's now seven months old, and we have him. We've had him for about three months. Lo- lovable, a Dana, lovable, a Dana, awesome puppy for Foster. I think there's a spelling error there. There's spell check or whatever. At home, while he is lovable and fun and increasingly having guardian issues over everything, we have found a trader. We have found yeah, tra- we have found a trainer. It says trader, but we have found a trainer and have an appointment at our. I'm just going to keep, I think that there was like text to speak to text here. Maybe he also said he listens to your podcast. Cool. So I jumped aboard. I have made several changes after listening to you. Slip leashes, training basics on sitting place, heel and his name. He seems to pay attention when he wants or only when there is food. I try to follow your direction, but I'm just having a hard time. He had already bitten my husband bad on, on a correction and growls at my son. Outside of the house, he goes to daycare all day because we work. He seems to be better there. Stores, he is afraid, even though he was acclimated well with his foster. It's home. I think it's just me. I could use some guidance. My appointment with my per- in my person is the 9th of February. Periodically text him with updates, and he's been wonderful. Just want to know your thoughts. Um, this, this more seems just like a my thoughts on your dog overall. It's not a specific question, which I, I think is okay. It's just... Obviously, there's a lot of underlying things that I don't know, so my answer is probably not going to be helpful to you at all because it's just going to be very general. But I would just, you know, my first thing is just keep going with your trainer. Like that's why you hired your trainer. As you guys can hear in my podcast, like once you go over a certain amount of time and you're not seeing results or you're frustrated or whatever, that's when you don't listen to your trainer. Um, But in this case, like it sounds like you guys haven't started yet. Um, and it's, or you have, or your next appointment is at this point. So I would just honestly use your trainer's benefit or your trainer's, um, instructions and guidance just because I, I don't, this is just more like, Hey, I have this dog and he's having a hard time. Um, I I don't know. I I don't think I've ever gotten one of these. It's like, Hey, give me just like advice overall. I, I I don't know. I just think my, my suggestion is if you're having resource guardian issues, it's it's definitely you. You're, you're giving him way too much freedom. Uh, it's very common for dogs, dog owners to do this is they adopt a dog and they feel bad for the dog. So they give the dog everything. And then the dog turns into an absolute aggressive territorial monster. So I would just limit the things that you're allowing this dog to do and, and make their world a little bit smaller so they don't have the opportunity to um, resource guard. Um, yeah. And then other than that, I would just listen to your trainer. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. It's a good question. Trainer Jamie, five star review. Thank you. Hey Tom, I'm a professional trainer at Paw and Order in Pittsburgh. Like you, we deal with a lot of behavioral cases through our board and train and in-home programs. I am mainly in-home and because of that, I am on the road. So I have plenty of time to listen to all your current podcasts. Sometimes I will listen to a podcast even twice. Your content gives me pep talks in between clients and helps me give new perspectives. Your content and explanations to clients is spot on, and I'm grateful for that because in our profession, 
we can always learn something from each other. I want to extend a seminar. I want to attend a, a seminar of yours on the next available on the East Coast. Have a great weekend. Oh, thank you for the review. Appreciate it. Yay. I'm going to get into another one. Five-star review. Grateful listener. Love the podcast and YouTube channel. Tom is very focused, rational, helpful teacher. Obviously cares about dogs and helping others and community um, be, be be better dog leaders. Thank you so much for your work you do. Oh, thank you so much. MD Paps B. Appreciate you lots. Thank you. Um, okay, cool. Well, I think that's it uh, for today. If you guys want me to answer your dog training questions, remember head over to the iTunes review chart. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Give me a review, please. Appreciate you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you had a good week. Hope you had a good weekend. Tomorrow, we're probably going to launch another one. So um, I think the next one is going to be the Bob Owens from Lone Duck, which is a sit down at my studio for about almost three hours. Talk a lot about uh, hunting dogs, which is like, I just nerd out. So I love the podcast and having guests on now in the studio is we have an opportunity to, uh, I, I have an opportunity to learn more about different perspectives and dog training, which is awesome. So, all right. Thanks guys. I hope you enjoyed this. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.